0: What's going on, Freedom Coaches? Michael Kittinger here, back with another episode of the Freedom Through Coaching podcast. So on this episode, I'm super excited to have Jim Bergen uh, on here. Now, this one is quite a bit different than our our past episodes. Um, And I've gone back through the audio and have tried to figure out how I could cut it, slice it up. Uh, It's about, well, one, it's about 45 minutes. So obviously, that's much longer than our typical, typical episodes. But the other thing is, and this is what was interesting. So Jim and I, when we got on the call, uh, we just hit it off and basically just started talking. Now I'm glad I hit record; otherwise, we would have gone through the whole conversation, and I don't know that I would have gone back. Like, there was ever if actually hit record. So rather than try to break this up or anything like that, basically it's our convert. It's just our our conversation. Um, so it's a little different. There's not like a a hard stop. It's more just, you're picking up kind of in the middle of our conversations, but don't let that deter you or fool you because Jim drops so much value in this episode. Um, In particular, quick background on Jim and he'll go through it a little more in in the episode, but he was a pastor. uh, They have two kids, uh, but his wife deals with, with um, with some mental health issues. And so he's building a community and support and, um, you know, an entire program around supporting those who support those with mental health issues and just amazing, amazing. But like I said, the, the episode's a little different than our typical uh, format, but I hope that won't stop you. It's an amazing episode with tons of value. So with that, I'll cue the intro and then basically it's just going to pick up pick up right in the middle of my conversation with Jim. So here we go. Welcome to the Freedom Through Coaching podcast, where we help you leverage the power of coaching programs to bring freedom to your life. If you're a coach, course creator, or other type of knowledge expert, and you want to build or grow a successful group coaching program, then you've come to the right place. Now here's your host, Michael Kittinger.
1: But we met. She taught me how to fish, all that stuff. I'm a hey, listen. I'm a kid from Philadelphia. <laughs> we don't have trees. We don't have any of that stuff. Yeah. And the only type of
0: fishing you have is they go into the grocery store. Yeah. Well, I was uh, I pretty much grew up in the South, but I was born out in Los Angeles. So hmm. imagine the culture shock. You know, California, Los Angeles. To uh, I grew up down in Mobile, Alabama. Oh wow. Yeah. Uh, bit of it I still remember first day of school second grade I got in trouble because the teacher asked a question I just said yes because like in California there's no I mean you didn't say sir or ma'am my my teachers I knew them by their first name or whatever and the teacher was like yes what I was like yes yes I mean I like just it (laughs) got in trouble because she was like yes ma'am I was like I I don't know what that word means (laughs) that's awesome like this little timid kid second grade second grader but uh yeah i mean but obviously i've stayed in the south i love the south um, yeah but uh my mom's up in south dakota and it was memorial day here i think we hit like upper 80s and they had i want to say like three feet of snow mm-hmm. i'm like that, that you know that, it's not supposed to be snowing on memorial day now no it's not so but yeah no wanda is fun uh nashville's fun um, yeah you know both good cities both good cities
1: yep I, my two little girls like my littlest one has never seen snow so it'll be interesting <laughs> i had <laughs> how, my favorite
0: girls 13 and seven okay okay nice i've got mm-hmm. a 14 a year old boy or about to be 14 and then 12 about to be 10 and four and a half year old girls so oh wow yeah yeah we
1: stopped at two and there was multiple reasons for that um My number one is my wife actually was sick most of both pregnancies and we almost lost the second baby. And and the other thing is my wife is actually diagnosed with like five different mental illnesses and we were just like, it's just way too much to, I work a job, take care of my wife, the kids, I'm an entrepreneur. You know, I was, I was an an ordained pastor. So I pastored a church for a while and I'm just like, yeah, we started cutting some of that stuff out and just started focusing, but it was
0: just way too much. Yeah. I mean... Most days, I wish I had stopped it. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I get it. I don't know. This may be really mean, but I tell the kids all the time that, that you know, I'm always I'm always looking to give two of them away. And they're like, well, which two? I'm like, that depends on the day. Yeah, it depends on the day. You know? See, listen, when
1: you have parents of multiple children, like, we get it. There are days where, like, yeah, you're your shit being shipped away and but if you get like a parent of a single child like oh no
0: yeah right yeah. <laughs> you have no yeah. idea when you get outnumbered it's uh yep well i lists- grew up with two brothers so just girls alone my my wife still tells me she's like you, you just like you can't you can't treat the girls the same way you do our son like you oh, know I don't and i'm like i i just i grew up with brothers like i i don't understand all this girl drama yeah. like I don't either. But
1: that's the funny thing is I grew up with just all girls. I had my dad walked out on me. Actually, when I was 10, my, my grandfather choked to death in front of me. Oh, goodness. And like he was the last man in my family. So it was mom, my two sisters, my mom's friends who are all girls who all had daughters. And now I have my, uh, my wife and two daughters. And then yeah. even the, even the freaking dog is a girl. So it's kind of like, it's just like, you
0: should have at least been able to claim that one.
1: (laughs) Oh, well, you know, they, it was a, it was a rescue, man. It was like, it was like, they gave it to us and best dog we've ever had, but it was kind of like, yeah, this is just funny.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, so kind of tell me a little bit more about, about your stuff, what you got going on. Um,
1: you know, I actually just started launching out into this new direction. I have been a, in the personal development field for about 20 years now. Um, I have a master's in leadership, John Maxwell team guy. You know, I've I been saw, a pastor. Yeah, I yeah so, so I've been around doing personal development, personal leadership for a very long time. Love it. Live for it. I mean, my whole top shelf of the books is nothing but leadership. I mean, and I've got two other bookshelves. So, I mean, as I was doing this and, and for, the last, for 18 months, so I stepped down from the church. We moved over to Orlando just because my wife started triggering and she actually that year went into hospital seven times that year for suicide. And uh, I actually had, I was working a nine to five while building the entrepreneurial dream. You know, we all, how we do that sometimes because I needed insurance. And so what happened that year was the state stepped in and said, Hey, you can't, your wife can't be alone with the kids. So I lost all my income, like every bit of it. Cause I told my job, I'm, I'm a teacher. So I said, Hey, listen, can I have 30 minute window and we're good? And they were like, Nope, you're not working here. Yeah. So. So for yeah,
0: that, 18, that'll turn your life kind of, uh, on its head. In a,
1: you <laughs> in ain't a kidding. A you ain't kidding, man. Uh, so for 18 months, I've built a bit, I've tried to build a business. I, I, found, I wound up building it backwards and building the wrong business. Cause I didn't have mentors at the time, I, but I started getting them right. Mm-hmm. But the deal was, was that I was finally charging for what I was doing for free for 20 years. So I had to navigate through changing of mindset of I'm not a pastor anymore. I may still be ordained, but I'm not pastoring. Mm-hmm. To, to I am an entrepreneur. So that 18 months was a very uphill, hard learning curve. Um, I did wind up taking a nine to five. I, I work as a behavioral specialist with special ed kids okay. just so my wife can maintain the insurance while we build the dream. Yep. And so the focus shifted. So I moved from coaching because even though I'm a good coach, it's not my passion. It's not like I'm a speaker. I'm a trainer. Get me on a stage. This is where I want to do it. <laughs> I've been doing it for 15 years. I want to do it for the rest of my life. Yeah, yeah. So what I started doing is um, I, I, everybody told me, build a coaching, build coaching. I'm going to build a coaching. I made some money. I mean, I made some money. I was there, you know, and the deal was, was that it ultimately just kind of fizzled out. So I shifted gears. And this year has been a gear to where I'm building a platform with like a course, a community that's going with the course, but my job has moved from coach to trainer mm-hmm. and I'm great with community. Like I'm super good with building relationships and rapport and I'm building a community to tra- coach train. Not, I mean, trainer. Now they do have an option to one-on-one VIP coaching later. There is that ladder, mm-hmm. but what my focus has changed to is still the personal development realm But I want to work with people who have my similar situation, people who are dealing with mental illness or their family is. Okay. So because me building a business looks nothing like somebody like you who's building a business because I have so many barriers. Like when my wife goes down and she's suicidal, everything else stops. Everything
0: stops. Yeah. Yeah. You
1: know what I'm saying? And it's like, so... I want to cater and I'm catering to my population because if you have mental illness, man, you can go out. My wife right now could be on the phone and be at five meetings today alone. But what about the caregiver? We have nothing. Mm -hmm. I remember, I remember being my past, my Bishop, he's over 2,500 churches and we're young pastors at the time. And I said, I said, I said, dude, I said, you're 2,500 churches, 2,300 churches. Is there anybody out there? Who has what we have that are pastoring? 2,500 people, 2,500 churches who have mental illness, who are pastoring, who can mentor us. We were desperate for a mentor. He said, nobody's talking about it but you guys. Hmm. And at that point, my wife and I said, we're going to be the mentors that we never found. So we're diving into this community. My wife's coming from having an illness. My wife has the illness. I've been the caregiver for 20 years. And we're diving into this community, into this, into this realm, where we're going to focus on helping the caregiver create margin to be able to build a business. You know, take the principles and everything that works in business, and 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 to modify and modulate that to be able to work within what we what we're given. Because to be honest with you, most guys in my in my situation give up hope. They, yeah. stay, they, have, they they have they they want to be entrepreneurs. They want to get out there and do, but they never are more than the identity that they gain from the illness of their parent, their wife, their daughters, or whatever. So I want to break that mold. I want to change that that dynamic in that conversation.
0: So, okay, no, that's awesome. That's awesome. Um, now, what? Just so I kind of clarify, yeah. what's your definition of a coach? versus a trainer okay so like coaching because you yeah. said you're you've transitioned from coach to trainer so i just want to make right. sure yeah know. now you know obviously coaching
1: is where i sit with you one-on-one and we i ask you questions and we kind of develop into what's the issue and how can we have steps to get through that right that's mm-hmm. just coaching one of, you know but i'm more into the training like let me help you give the steps let me give you the thing and then i want to rely on the community Like, I'll be there to guide. I'll be your guide. I'll be your mentor. But let's get back into the community so that we can be held accountable to walk out those steps. Okay. You know, and then if somebody needs to be much more hands-on, well, then they have the option to get the one-on-one coaching with me. But that's going to be more of a, I don't want to work with, like, 50 people I'm coaching. Yeah, yeah. Give me a bunch of group calls. Like, I'll get on groups all day long. But the one-on-one, I'm limiting those to maybe 10 every six months. Yeah, yeah.
0: No. And that's the way to do it. Um, so, okay, well that helps. Cause when you talk about that structure and, and really being more of a kind of a guide or a trainer, um, with the group community aspect, um, yeah, yeah I mean, that's more of a kind of a group coaching structure, uh, yeah. certainly as opposed to, yeah. Cause with the one-on-one, I mean, one, it just, the, the time constraints. Yeah. Um, it, it's, I have found, because I've done one-on-one group and everything, it it can be more, it can actually be more just mentally and emotionally taxing doing the one-on-one than more of a group, um, you know, kind of leader of the community aspect. Yeah. Uh, Certainly because, you know, and you know this, I mean, especially being pastor and everything, the, you get, you get a lot of the support from the group, not, the pastor, right. Not right. the leader. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it, it was interesting. My, our family, we went through, uh, kind of recently just a couple of years ago where we started visiting a bunch of churches as the kids got older, you know, the, our needs changed and everything. And it was, I mean, largely determined more by the, the community and the support and, you know, the church as, as a, as a body, as opposed to just the, you know, the pastor. And I think that's certainly true in this instance. Absolutely.
1: I do, um, every, every day I do the hashtag wisdom bomb. I've Mm -hmm. owned that for about a year and it's become some of my most popular things that people do. I think today's wisdom bomb that I dropped just kind of go into this. I said, you're, you will never complete your dream without a community around you. It's just basically it's, it's listen, there's no long Rangers. The lone Ranger is done. Years ago when you had them, you had your rising stars who were the long rangers in industry. And that's that's going away because now people are wanting the community. They're wanting the authenticity. They want to connect. And in order to be successful, they want to feel part of something. That's just human nature. We all want to be part of something. Part of a group. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And, and so, as leaders, it's our job to make sure it's a positive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, people join – cults and different things but oh gosh feeling of of acceptance you know oh gosh
1: and it's it's a challenge because now in the mental illness piece here there's a lot of like really raw nerves like pain points like you want to talk about pain points there's a lot of rawness in here because you got people that are dealing with Uh, mental illness who are trying to commit suicide you got people who are cheating on their spouses not because they want to but because certain aspects of bipolar produces a hypersexuality which things just happen and they become very impulsive Mm -hmm. right Um, there's all sorts of rawness and then you've got the the neglect where the husband or the caregiver wife husband whoever it could be is lonely like super lonely because you can't connect with your spouse when they're triggering Right. Like there's been times where it's two, three, four months. My wife was on the couch and I'm sitting here like there's no spousal interaction. I take on the full responsibility of being a caregiver. Right. Mm -hmm. So there's there, you know, sexual intimacy is low. Relational intimacy is low. Uh, You know, conversation is low. So you're so the caregiver becomes into this place where they're raw emotionally because they're not needs are not being met the spouse who has the illness or the son, daughter, whatever is raw emotionally because they're full of shame and guilt because they just did this to the person they love. Mm-hmm. So you're coming into this I, and it's very good.
0: Oh no. I keep going. I mean, yes. I, I, especially with the, the guilt and you know, where it's, it's, it's out of their control, yep. you know, and, and, but yet you still feel like it, 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 it's your responsibility or because of, Absolutely,
1: and, and that's where the challenge gets because it's, you watch some of these movements and they do build cults, and cults are built off of manipulating insecurities. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's, that's what a cult does. I manipulate your insecurity to where now I'm the thing that is your answer. I'm the reason you're who you are, um, and it just becomes that power struggle. And it's easier to do that with people who are in this space. Now, for the last 20 years, I've been doing personal development, leadership, you know, all that, And the number one thing I I focus on is self-leadership. Now, I can help you build a team. So if you ever, you know, people want to come, I can show you the dynamics of team building, why you need certain aspects and different things. We can build an organization, whatever you want to do. But if you don't get the self-leadership correct, everything else doesn't matter. Because self-leadership is character development.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And the deeper you go in your character, the more sacred it is when people put their trust in you. So when you become okay. a – go ahead.
0: No, 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 go on. I mean, no, no. Okay.
1: So no, it, it just comes down. So when you become the community leader or you become this person who is leading a movement or you become this person who everybody's looking to you, there's a sacred trust there. And if you're going to be a leader worth their salt and you've got to work on your own insecurities, you've got to work on your own character so that you can be the person that helps them – Find what they need in themselves that they that there comes a point and this is what I share with people that when I coach you when I train when I do ever I want you to get to a point where you don't need me anymore because I don't want you to be a lifelong you're going to keep paying me and paying me <laughs> and, and this codependent relationship I want you to be so so incredibly built up in your life that you don't need me anymore and if you want to continue to stay with me then that becomes a personal choice. But you don't need me as you once did, and that's where I think character leadership comes in. Is when you're leading these these movements, these places of margin where people are raw, mm-hmm. then you get to the place I'm going to build you up to where you are in yourself
0: all that you need. So, what would you say would be like, you know, just one or two, three kind of tips in terms of um, that char- building, that character leadership, that internal. Okay. So, the, so that's a
1: great question. So one, two, three things. I'm going to tell you the number one thing that you need, I need that, that is very hard and you find it very rarely is accountability. Okay. You need, I need somebody in our lives who we give 100% permission to call us out on our bullcrap, Because if you notice the people who are most successful have that in their lives, the people who mm-hmm. struggle with success don't. And we will go around and we'll pontificate our own stuff and we'll be like, wow, look at this. And underneath, we're falling apart, self-sabotaging. And you may throw up a number that says, hey, listen, I made seven figures this week. And then next week you're drinking it all away. Where's the character leadership? You need somebody in your life that you trust, that you've given full access to say, call me out on this. That's that's the first and foremost. And The second part of that, I'll go number two, too, as well, is that once you get that person to call you out, then you have to commit to yourself that you're going to look at that area, discover where that root is, why you're doing that thing, like whatever you're sabotaging, why you're doing with it. So you may have to read books. You may have to hire a coach. You may have to go get mentors. You may have to just journal or go sit in your room, pray and get in your Bible and then journal some more, whatever that thing is that you Mm -hmm. need to do. Then it becomes the the work. Okay, here's what I've been revealed, because you can never heal what's not revealed. So if you find somebody calling you out on a character issue, okay, here's what I, I I see. So now I can change it. So now we get to the hard work, and that second piece is having that 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 structure. Not even the structure, but having that commitment to getting the resources you need to start working on that area.
0: Those I, I really appreciate that. Those are uh... Yeah. Two very, uh, gold nuggets right there. Um, but thinking through, so having that, that, um, you know, accountability partner, um, Mm -hmm. person to hold us, hold us responsible. Um, obviously that takes a a huge amount of trust. Yes. Right. I think, you know, for a lot of us where, because of life circumstances, different things, you know our trust in in others is maybe greatly diminished like how because even in a community setting an online community in person community like you you still have to be able to quickly build that trust with each other if you're really going to be open and vulnerable but certainly if you're going to have an accountability partner that really is going to point out you know your flaws and not just your flaws but like Hey, you know, here's what, here's where you're, you're definitely, um, need some correction. How, 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 how do you recommend going about like finding that trust or building that trust, um, Mm -hmm. you know, with somebody and second kind of part to that, um, because in my mind, like, obviously I love and trust my wife, right? Right. But when she points out flaws in me, I react differently <laughs> yes. than, than yes. somebody, anybody, you know, anybody other than my spouse, right? I mean, let's, you know, let, let's yeah. be honest, like, um, it, it just, it, it, it gets a different reaction. So yes. I guess kind of that two part question is, how can you help? How can you kind of develop or, or you know, if you're if you have a hard time trusting people? what is one thing or a couple things you know to to develop that trust and then you know do you recommend it be your spouse or somebody else or or just right. kind of talk through that those components of it i'll start with two first
1: okay my wife is my best friend okay there are certain things that we do hold each other accountable like she holds me accountable to paying the bills okay <laughs> my personality I tend to be all over I'm a free spirit at times and she's like did you pay the bill uh yeah no let me go do that now you know so there's certain things that but she's my best friend we talk about just about everything however my accountability partner is another man and I and I and I recommend that for multiple reasons because like number one okay so if you're in a, in a, a very again I think marriage is sacred so if you're in a marriage uh, as a man, if you struggle with, like, any sexual thoughts that are people other than your wife, when you tell your wife that, that will crush her and hurt her down in her soul, okay? But you need to deal with that, so who do you tell? It's not that I hide that from my wife. It's that I struggle or process process through it with my accountability partner, and I allow my wife to know that, hey, listen, I struggled, but I, I spoke to this person, and we're good, mm-hmm. Right? So you want that – so I do recommend Men With Men and, and because if you go real deep intimate, intimately, then you create – and you're like, well, I'll never have a affair. Well, you know what? There's emotional affairs. And long before physical affairs, you have emotional affairs. So the deal is is that be very careful when, when it's woman to man holding each other accountable if it's not your wife or your husband, if, if uh, your, you know, your listeners may be opposite. And then um, the other thing is – is I, so I do say go with the gender. Um, because I think that's the the, the strongest. Mm-hmm. But also be be open enough with your spouse who is your best friend to say, talk about the struggles, but not go into so much detail that it destroys who they are. Because remember, it could really hurt when you're sitting there saying, I was thinking about this woman, and she could be like, Oh my gosh. Yeah.
0: yeah. So you
1: gotta have that balance. Yeah. Um going back in the thing, going to trust, yeah, you know, we live in a society that is super don't trust anybody. We've all been hurt. I mean, we all have our sad sob stories, every one of us. You know, my dad left me when I was young, and he was abusive, and my my grandfather choked to death when I was 10 years old. I I watched that, and, you know, and I can go down a laundry list of things that I've been through. My wife was molested as a child. You know, we have a very tough past we came from. So you sit there. How do you trust? Who do you trust? Okay, you don't have to trust everyone but you have to trust someone. Mm -hmm. Okay. So in that realm, there's a few things that you're going to need to do. Number one in yourself, you need to walk through forgiveness of whoever hurt you and caused the lack of trust because, and you don't even need to tell them you forgave them, but the forgiveness piece is huge. And a lot of times when I walk through with people, um, that's one of the first things I do with people when, when I, when I coach them, train them is forgiveness because what forgiveness is, and this is my definition is I'm releasing someone from a debt that I think they owe me. When I realize nobody owes me anything, forgiveness becomes easy. I like that. So what if they owe you money? You know what they don't owe me. You know what? It's not worth it, because forgiveness means I'm allowing the other person to hold me emotionally hostage. Mm-hmm. They're sleeping at night while I'm struggling. So you know what? They owe me nothing. You've learned my lesson. We're not going to deal with it. Here's my boundaries. Let me forgive them and move on. So you got to walk in forgiveness. The second thing is, is have courage. Because many of us, like the idea of teams, and you, your, your listeners and, 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 and you may be building up teams and all sorts of things. Well, guess what? If you have t- people on your team, yeah, you pay them, but you have to trust them.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. Um, if you're building a community, there's people in your community that will mess you over. But there's going to be a greater b- bunch of people in your community that's going to be, have your back. So you have to have the courage to take the risk. And that's to say, I'm going to trust someone. It doesn't mean you come out day one, hey, listen, you're my best friend now. Congratulations. No, it doesn't do that. Trust is built over time. Yeah. It's built over time. But it doesn't mean keep testing the person until they fail because that's what we tend to do. Well, I'm going to catch them have the grace when they do fail because they will they're only human but it's taking the risk and having the courage to say, you know what i have a connection there's chemistry between you and i i don't want somebody who's gonna hold me accountable where there's no chemistry because then i'm just gonna be angry at them all the time so there's chemistry here i like you you like me there seems to be a budding friendship let's build the friendship and see where this goes so this is, this is not gonna be like a, a two-day strategy. This is gonna be a long-term, I really wanna build a relationship to where we have a mutual accountability where you hold me accountable and I hold you accountable. But you gotta take a risk with someone. And, and I'll say this, give yourself grace because you will be wrong at some point.
0: Yeah. Uh, both from, but also if, you're, if you are somebody's accountability partner, I mean, those are great pieces of advice as well in that, you know, we are human, we're going to fail as an accountability partner, we're going to, you know, we're gonna, we're going to pass judgment. Now, it's don't let the judgment affect, you know, the the relationship or or the trust the person is in you if you are the accountability partner. Right. Um, But I mean, you can't go against, we're human, right? I mean, we have our flaws. I mean, we 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 have have. sin. Um, Yep. You're not going to find
1: the perfect person. And (laughs) I mean, seriously. And the other part of that, and give yourself grace because there will be a few people in this journey that you pick that you shouldn't have trusted, but you did. And that's where the grace is going to be really important because when we're hurt, hurting people hurt people. Therefore, we close ourselves off and we become this, just this nastiness. The truth of the matter is don't allow, and this is something I've had to tell myself over the years, to not allow the the sins or the struggles of one to, to close me off to the others.
0: That makes sense. Um, so, okay. So that's kind of one-on-one accountability mm-hmm. in a, in a group setting like the community you're building. How do you, how do you develop that trust so that people in the, in the group in the community, because especially like with what you're building, I mean, people are coming in with brokenness, with hurt, with you know, with baggage, for lack yeah. of a better word. How how are you how are you building that trust in terms of a group setting? Um, because obviously, if you can build that trust with with the type of group you're building, I mean, I think every coach who has a group, you know, who isn't dealing with necessarily some of the circumstances that, that uh, you know, the, your, your audience is coming in with. Right. How, you know, when, so we've talked about the, the, the accountability partner, the one-to-one, but now how, as the, the group leader, can you structure it or can you encourage that openness and that trust? Mm -hmm. Like what are your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah. um, You really can, but you're going to have to, it's going to look different at different levels at 10 people. It's going to look different than at, at a thousand people. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you're going to do that, but it's all dedicated or it's all predicated on the fact of your, how you build your culture. Culture dictates how things go. Okay, so I'm, I just launched this group. Okay, I've got several people in there. I had that one of the people posted yesterday. This was just or two days ago. I'm depressed. Memories of my dad passing, blah, 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 this whole story about the depression, how she's feeling and all those things. We loved on her. You know, hey, listen, we're praying for you. Let's talk it out. We talked it out through some of the posts. She did a live video for it. And then the very next day, which I think was yesterday, she wrote there, thank you for giving me a safe space to share this. As the leader, it is your job. I don't care if, who your target audience is. It doesn't matter. But if you want a healthy group, see a lot of people build groups because they're trying to ha- make cash cows.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. But if you want a healthy thriving group, that's going to grow with you. That's going to be your raving fans then you've got to create a safe space for them, a sanctuary for them. And you, your group may not be one of the ones that go in and and, and goes into the deep emotional stuff, but they've got to feel safe. Yeah. They may join your group for a thing but they stay in your group because of that safety, because of that community. And that's the real thing. So the first thing is, is just creating a safe space. And that's where the leader comes in. You have to to be vicious about that. If someone comes in and threatens that, sorry, you're just not the right group for me. There's other groups, go find there. You've gotta protect that, because when you become that leader, you become the protector. When people give you money, I think JJ Abrams said this, you are now, they are now under your protection. Mm -hmm. Okay. So if the deal is, if there's somebody who's giving you money, then it's a sacred duty of you to protect them from each other, from triggers, from all this stuff. So if somebody is a problem child in the group, listen, I just don't think that you're going to be good for this community. You're not good for this culture. Better go look somewhere else. I mean, Let them down softly but understand that you're trying to maintain and and create the culture and then maintain the culture. Yeah. So you want a culture of safety. You want a culture of vulnerability and you, and you want a culture where you're building value and you're allowing people the platform to share and you're allowing people to the platform to connect with one another. Like, I don't need them to connect with me. I want them to connect with one another and get to
0: know each other, you know? But and then, okay, oh, go ahead. I was go just going to say, but I think as the, organizer leader of the group the community you know it's you have to set the example as well right absolutely I mean don't make up stories or anything but if you're not vulnerable and open and you know then nobody else will be likewise like you just mentioned the lady in the um in your group who just posted something very emotional about her that anything if you had reacted outside of of the standards of the group, then all of a sudden your trust or their trust in you as the leader is is gone i mean absolutely,
1: yes, and you bring up a great point because as you go higher in leadership, you get less right to say what you really want to say it's just it's just you can't say yeah. listen when somebody's stupid and you want to tell them you're stupid, you can't say it. Because yeah. people are watching you. So you've got to be very diplomatic about it. Because absolutely, and you do have to lead by example.
0: Um, one of I the think, first- especially in the online world, and I think it, it's changing. You know, I think people are looking for that realness, that authenticity. Yep. But there's still a lot of, and I'm kind of doing air quote, gurus who only put the highlight reel out there. Yep. You know, who never open up about their struggles and everything. Um, but if you're going to lead a movement, if you're going to really invite that, that trust and that openness in the group, yeah, you've got to, you've got to be open yourself. I mean,
1: Oh, absolutely. Um, one of the first things that I shared in the group actually last, it was like a week or two ago. I think it was two weeks ago. My wife was in the hospital for 14 days. Um, it was, you know, here's, uh, some people who just paid me to be in a group. I started the group, they're in the group, and I was I was semi absent for a week. And I got in there and I just and I got on a live and I said, Guys, my wife was just hospitalized for suicidal ideation. And it has been crazy because the the state was called, so the state's coming in to make sure the kids are okay, which they are, you know. And I had it so I sent them up to my mom up in Philadelphia. And then just making sure that everything was taken care of to make sure my wife was okay. And then she stayed in the hospital for about two weeks, right? And I shared that. I have no problem sharing my pain. I have no problem sharing my hurts, none. Because something my wife and I always said is, since we started this journey, is that if our mess ups, if our feelings, if anything we can do can be leveraged to help someone else, we're willing to do it
0: so yeah absolutely for for you guys because um a lot of people definitely try to sweep it under the rug yeah
1: there's a hurt man one out of every five people have mental illness in, in america 54 million people have a mental illness right yeah. and double that and then you have your caregivers involved in that so somewhere almost half the population of the united states of america are either mentally ill Or taking care of somebody that's mentally ill, okay? It's just, and and if you're
0: bipolar, it could be one and the same, right?
1: Right? Yeah. Right. No doubt. Um, Sorry, that was a bad. It it was an off joke, but I got you. Right? It depends on your mood. Yeah. So, but but we joke about this too because if you can't laugh at yourself, then that's part of the problem. But the deal is, is so. So you think about that. There are over a hundred million people in this space that are hurting, that are raw that needs somebody to step up and say, hey, listen, I'm doing it too. Come on, follow me. And listen, this is not a mentally ill group. This, I mean, they have, there's some that the spouses, they are caregivers and stuff like this, but this is not a group where we're like, come on in so we can talk about your mental illness. Mm -hmm. This is is a group that says, come on in, I wanna train you as a leader. I'm gonna help you start your business. I'm gonna help you uh, get a better relationship. So when you walk in that you look at your spouse, you're like, that's why I married my spouse, you know? This is why we focus on this because we're not going to focus on mental illness. It is just a piece, a barrier in the problem. The problem is, is you haven't been able to separate yourself from the disorder in order to do what God's called you to do. So, part of what we're focusing on is simply okay. Listen, personal development. I'm going to help you change your mindset. That my my community is called Story Shifters. Because I, I just think that's what we need to do. We need to shift the story. Let's shift our internal story so that our outside story shifts. And, and instead of being busted, disgusted, broke, all that stuff, let's start making margin. Let's start doing the things that we're designed to do and we love to do and not just be relegated to say, oh, here's the trigger. Let's just sit down and be another mentally ill take caregiver and, and hate life. That's not why we were created. We got to love life. Um, my wife has five mental illnesses. We've been together 20 years. Number one, that's unheard of. Yeah. Bipolar, bipolarism alone, she has bipolar is one of her conditions alone has a divorce rate of like 90% in the first three to five years. We're 20 years in, we enjoy life when she triggers, it's not good. <laughs> you know, <laughs> suicide, things that she says, things that happens, bank account empties, you know, whatever we have, we have boundaries and stuff. Right. And, but that doesn't mean we can't build a business and build the life of our dream, the, the, the life that we've always dreamed of. Doesn't mean that I'm going to go around to know me, this, this happy-go-lucky guy that you're hearing on, on, on this, or is, is to, to know me is to know that I walk in joy. Mm-hmm. I carry a burden that is almost too much for me, but I walk in joy, and it's not fake. I don't muster this stuff up, but we want to help others do the same.
0: That's awesome. That's, I love that. That is awesome. Um, so if somebody wants to find out more about you, about the group, where's the best place for people to, to connect with you?
1: Well, right now I'm rebuilding my website because we rebranded everything. It's called storiesunleashed.com. So that's going to be there. And if you go there, there's a bunch of social media links at the mm-hmm. bottom that you can just follow me all on social media. I'm on instagram i've got a facebook page um hit my youtube up so if you want to actually um love being on video relaunching a youtube uh and that's going to be uh jim Burgoon. actually my name is my youtube channel url uh you can come hit me up follow me there and um and uh, i'm really big on facebook facebook is my primary platform so if you want to follow me on facebook as well that either facebook or youtube are going to be the best places and then you're going to see the new um website, come up with, with all the yummy goodness and a podcast
0: that my wife and I are actually creating. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. And we'll put the, uh, I'll put the, the link, uh, in the, the podcast notes so they can just click straight from there and everything. Awesome. Uh, No, that's great. What, uh, I guess as you, as you think through here and as we kind of get to wrapping this up, um, you know, as, thinking about coaches uh, leading a group, right? What other kind of one or two pieces of advice for somebody starting out as a coach, right? You're bringing in all this, you know, years of, and not necessarily having given yourself the title coach all these years, but I mean, as a pastor, as a uh, personal development leader, um, you know, for a coach that's starting out, that may just be, uh, you know, almost in that stuck in fear stage, but they know they want to lead a group. They want to build a movement. They want to change people's lives, but they have that own internal fear. Yeah. It's kind of. What would? What's one or two things you would um, kind of advise them to to help them just you know break through that internal fear, so that they can help help in, uh, others and lead kind of a group. That's a
1: great question. Listen, we always tend, like, I'm big on this. Like I live in the future and I tolerate today. Okay. And a lot of entrepreneur types do this. Okay. So here's the thing. It sounds great that we all want to lead mass movements. Thousands of people shouting our name. Yay.
0: They helped us. Right. Jim, Jim. All right. Jim. Hey, listen, this it
1: sounds like music to my ears. Let's let's do
0: this. I'll just put it on our repeat track. That's it. Let's do it, man.
1: And, and, and it's, it's beautiful. Like I have spoken in front of 3,500 people on the, about this topic. I have spoken in front of different levels. I've, me and my wife are on stage in front of 1,100 people. It was our first time ever on stage, and I pulled her up with me. But listen, the thousands or the hundreds or tens of thousands, whatever you're supposed to lead, there's a leadership ability in you, and as that grows, you'll attract more people. It sounds good in our head but it starts with one person. And as you as you learn to say, okay, here's a group of five, as you learn to navigate the five, six will come, seven will come. And you just take care of the ones that you're given. And those people that you're taking care of will become your greatest fans. They'll share it with everyone. And then they start inviting people who start inviting people. And before you know it, you're leading a movement. But it all starts with really focusing on your energy and time not on trying to start a movement, but by changing a life
0: mm-hmm. and it starts with one,
1: and it starts with one and I'm not out there like, listen, I want the multiple seven figures, and I want everybody to know my name yeah that's that's something i I struggle with and something I dream of, so it's kind of that because i don't want to walk in pride i don't want to be arrogant, you know, but in the same respect, I want to be out there because it's impact for me. The more people that know me, the more people I can impact, but the truth of the matter is is that's out here. It doesn't matter. It's out in the future. What matters is that there was, there's a bunch of people that trusted me enough to invest in themselves, and that's who gets all of my love and my time. That gets all of my experience is right there. As the, I know it's going to grow. That's not even a thing. But I'm, I'm managing this with this piece because we're stepping into new territory, mm-hmm. you know? So I've, I'm, as I grow, we'll learn new boundaries. We'll learn new cultural pieces. We'll learn how to say, nope, not there. But it all starts with one. And, and, and you want the 50, you want the 1,000, and you watch all the gurus. <laughs> get your 400,000 people and $100,000 launches and stuff. <laughs> Listen, I got so excited when I made $7 a few years back. I was like, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. So when you can get one, get one or two people to commit to you in a group, give them everything you have. They commit it, they invest it and just keep growing it from there. That's how you get over the fear as you do it because when you have 50, you look back and you're like, how did I get here?
0: Yeah.
1: Like, yeah. you're like, wow, this just grew on its own. And no, you didn't, you did the work, but it grew outside of your consciousness because you were just loving and serving because here's the deal. It all comes down to serving people. It's really what it comes down to. So stay, stay to the one, stay in the now, live in the now, prepare for the future, but live in the now and focus on the one and the one will multiply. The second thing I would say is constantly work on yourself because you'll get to the one or two and then you'll get frustrated because you want the 50. It'll come, but that's where that personal development, that personal character comes in and that constant development so that you're not bitter or angry that you're not, Faster than you are, but you're
0: enjoying the journey. Yeah, it's all about the journey, not the destination. And that's it. Unfortunately, and I've, I mean, I'm still guilty of this, but not to the extent I used to be. You know, it it was, I, and I've dealt with depression and different things. um, Part of which, because I was never content with the here and now, I was always, I mean, even going back to a kid, like it was, I was always, projecting out to the near future and neglecting the, the, the present basically. Yeah. So great advice right there, Jim. Really appreciate that. Um, well, I appreciate you being on here. You definitely dropped, uh, quite a few gold nuggets there. Um, and <laughs> I'll you. put the, the link to the website and everything in, in the show notes. Um, what was the, the quote you said just a little bit ago? um you you live in no oh I, I live in i live in the future and i tolerate the present i love that i love that <laughs> <So>. <laughs> tolerate the present <laughs> you said that i was like man that's that's actually really deep right there that's that's a profound statement I like my wisdom that. bombs man my hashtag yeah. wisdom bomb exactly exactly Awesome. 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 Well, I appreciate you being on here. Um, I'll send you a copy uh, link to the recording and everything and awesome. I'll do an intro and I'll put the website and all in the show notes and I will let you know when we go live with it. Thank you so much for having me. I've really enjoyed the conversation. No, likewise. Likewise. I appreciate it, Jim. All right, sir. You have a good one. I am you awesome. too father-in-law's 70th birthday party
1: oh or i'm about to, to go, go to
0: party. party not a party but we got a cake and some things
1: celebration
0: yeah exactly
1: celebrating life that's it exactly now i'm off to go teach a bible study nice i'll talk All to right. you later jim thank you All sir right. thank you sir